you're never going to grow bigger than your dream. It's our jobs to make those dreams super big and almost feel like they're not even quite attainable yet so that you're always reaching for something super big because if you dream small, that's going to limit you. Today's episode is sponsored by The Artist Incubator. If you want to go from so-so sales to sold out collections, I can show you how. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z as in biz to apply for a free profit planning session and learn more about coaching with me. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, my art lover, you passion maker, you. This is Miriam Shulman, host of the Inspiration Place podcast. You're listening to episode number 139. I am so grateful that you're here. And shout outs, by the way, to my newest listeners in Nigeria. Incredible, right? Today, we're talking all about making space for motherhood. In this episode, you'll discover strategies for balancing caretaking, whether that's aging parents, baby humans baby fur babies, whatever that is, balancing caretaking with your art and your work. Now, before we dive in and I introduce you to our guest, I want to update you about my baby. No, it's not a human baby. It's my book baby. Mother's Day is right on the horizon, and which is why I think it's a perfect episode today to talk about making space for motherhood. But I really wanted to update you about the book baby because I consider this kind of our baby, our baby together. Since so many of you have been asking me for years to write a book like this. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you might remember that I made my goal for 2021 to get a publishing contract, meaning I want to traditionally publish my book. In order to get a publishing contract for a nonfiction book, you need a proposal to send to publishers. I'm going to walk you through the process because all this is new to me. And so I'm going to assume that it's new to you as well. So you don't just write a book and give them the book with nonfiction. You need a proposal that describes who you are, who cares about this book, what your platform is, meaning your followers, your network, your bio, and then an outline of the book and all the chapters and who the ideal reader is, and you have to research the market. It's a huge deal. It's actually like 60 or 70 pages just to write the proposal, and it includes some sample chapters that takes part of it as well. Now, what happens is once you write the proposal, the proposal is actually what the publishing houses look at when they decide whether or not they want to invest in a book, whether they want to publish the book. So they're going to be investing money and resources and paying you the author. The proposal is really a sales package that helps them decide if this is a book they want to print or not. Now, most authors do this using a literary agent to broker the deal. And that is the route that I am going. To get the literary agent. Now, some agents will take you on without a proposal, but most won't. 
I had a proposal when I approached my literary agent and the one that I signed with, which I'm very excited to tell you, I did sign with a literary agent. She actually had me rewrite it. So there was a vision for the book that she had that wasn't quite captured by my proposal. And she was willing to take a chance on me and give me the guidance to rewrite that. And by the way, not all agents will do that. There were some agents I approached who probably shared Michelle, this is the name of my agent, Michelle's vision for the book, like to the type of book that I'm writing now, but didn't have the time to, or didn't want to take the chance or the risk of helping a new author shape the proposal. So now my agent has my rewritten proposal, and she's sending it out to publishers, and we've already gotten some interest. So it seems like things have happened really fast, but really, I just haven't been updating you on the journey. So I had approached Michelle back in the end of January, and it took a good month to six weeks before we finalized our contract together. And I had to also rewrite their proposal Michelle has been sending out these proposals and pitching this book idea to the editors that she knows that she feels my book would be a right fit for. And we've gotten some interest. We've gotten an interest, which means this is going to happen. Now, I can't share any more details with you because that would mess with the negotiations. But I promise that you're going to be the first to know as soon as I docu-sign that deal. Pinky swear. So the book baby is happening. This is getting published. And I can't wait to put this forward in the world. All right. So now I want to introduce you to my guest, Leanne Kim. Now she also has just published a book and she went the other route. She went the self-publishing book route. So in addition to today's interview, where we're going to talk all about being moms, I invited her to join me inside the Facebook group or my free group, The Inspiration Place, so we can discuss the pros and cons of traditional publishing versus self-publishing. And we would love to have you join us. So if you're listening to this episode when it goes live, Leanne is joining me on Thursday, May 6th at two o'clock Eastern time. The event is free. And all you have to do is request to join the free Facebook group. You can find that over at shulmanart.com forward slash group. We'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. If you're not on Facebook or you can't make it live or you're listening to this way after the fact because you've just discovered me and you're binge listening to episodes, don't worry. There will be a replay. Go search for it over on YouTube. It's called Book Babies. Now let's move on to the show. Leanne Kim is a business coach and founder of Mamas and Company, a community for mama entrepreneurs. She is the host of the widely popular podcast, The Business of Thinking Big, and the author of the brand new book, Building a Joyful Business. Leanne is on a mission to help women make a great living on their own terms, doing what they love. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Leanne Kim. Hey there, Leanne. How are you? I am doing great today, Miriam. How are you? Like you hesitate. It's like, wait, did I say her name right? Did I say her <laughs> last name? Like, was there something really wrong went there? I was, did I? No. If I did, like, I'm like, no, that's not my last name. What are you doing? I was thinking, do I tell the truth and say, like, things are a little challenging right now? But <laughs> yeah, your kids, your kids are home today. 
Yeah. So we are, I live in Toronto and schools have been on again, off again. We were home for all of January and February, March, we were back in school. And then we just found out the other day that kids are home again for the foreseeable future. So we're juggling, you know, my husband and I are both working from home. The kids are trying to do their schoolwork. It's like a co-working space around here. I tell you. Well, this is exactly why I wanted you on the show today, because my children don't kid yourself that they get that much easier as they get older. My 23-year-old and 20-year-old, I don't have the same issues that you do. And I really wanted to have you on because I do have a lot of people in my community who are mothers and also not just mothers, but who are caregivers. So they have that added responsibility to their families, in addition to being the caretaker of their creativity and the caretaker of their business, lands in my mastermind. And you are so inspiring with those strategies. And because you are so in the thick of it, I'm kind of like, you know, that older parent who doesn't remember what it's like to be a young kid anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so happy you're here. But before we get into it, like, I just want to share a quick story that you're talking about having your kids home because of quarantine. My kids had asked me, mom, what would you have done if you had to homeschool us? <laughs> so I'm dying I, to know where this is going. <laughs> right? Well, I haven't, I don't think I've shared this story in the podcast and it's like super funny. So I said, well, you have to be more specific. Just pick an age. How old were you when this hypothetical is happening? My son says, okay, I'm in sixth grade and Talia is in ninth grade. I go, perfect. I have the answer for you. Seth, sixth grade does not matter. I don't care what your teachers say. You could take this year off. Talia, you were too young for ninth grade anyway. I'm holding you back a year. You'll do ninth grade next year. Like done. Like that was I love it. That was well, that's my thought before the the pandemic kind of wore on through year two. Yeah, yeah. And we're, I mean, let me be clear. I have a ton of respect for stay-at-home moms and for homeschooling moms. That's just not me. It's never been who I am. I've always loved to work. And actually, I started my first business, which ironically enough was a painting business, an art art business, when my son was a baby and I was on maternity leave with him. And even then, like I was doing it because my brain just needed something to do. I've always really loved being someone who juggles a lot of different passions and family is just one of those things. So I never saw myself being a homeschool parent or having kids at home while I was working. We Not only do we enjoy the benefits of having our kids in school most of the time, they're also in before and after daycare. So I really enjoy that freedom. But at the same time, this year has been a bit of a whirlwind and a bit of a challenge for all of us. We're all doing things we never thought we'd do, and we're all in situations we never really expected. And especially those of us who are trying to run a business or, you know, run our creativity empires while caring for others, it can be really overwhelming and really frustrating. Absolutely. And that's why I had asked my kids to be specific because what my business looks like now, it didn't look like when they were younger and I Mm. didn't work nine to six or whatever. I I don't even know what I work now. It's who knows. I wasn't (laughs) doing those things then. I mean, I was really in the trenches with them. I didn't have help for my, like a housekeeper or a nanny. You know, the kids came home from school and my kids, even 
as you learn, as your kids get older, yeah, you don't have diapers anymore, but now you have this kid who maybe takes after you because they're ADD and you have to sit on them to, or they're not going to do their homework. And like suddenly that's the full time job. So, you know, I definitely have compassion for whether it's the running it now with the quarantine, which is super challenging, or even just the regular challenge of managing it all so that you do have quality time with your family, however that looks, and the responsibilities you have, as well as taking care of yourself. I have a friend of mine whose kids are slightly older than mine, and she always says, Little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Like you don't just have no problems as your children age. And I'll be honest, like I I think we have it pretty lucky because our children, I had my kids very close together. So they're in grades two and three right now. And for online learning at home, I also think that's just a super adaptable age. It's also a really fun age. Like so far, it's my favorite. I have to be honest. I was never really like the mom who was obsessed with babies or toddlers. Like that just wasn't my jam. Same. But now that they're yeah. like, now that they're kids, it's like, you can do stuff with them, you know? I'm still not the mom who gets like gaga over other people's babies. Yeah, no. But my husband's like, look at that baby. I'm like, so? <laughs> it's like, Mine too. I was just going to say, I don't, maybe it's because they never had to carry them. And, you know, no, like my there's no other women aren't like us. I, you know, I don't get like super excited by other people's babies, you know, like, yeah, I was super excited by my babies, but not other people's babies. All right. I want to make this super actionable because another reason why I'm so happy to have Leanne here is we have inside our mastermind, she was sharing tips with a expectant mom about how to take care of business when you are actually, even before the baby comes, taking care of that pregnancy can feel challenging. Although we both mm-hmm. know it's that's the easiest way to take care of your baby is when in, they're in your yeah. belly. Let's <laughs> like, It's much harder once they come out. So yeah. can you share like some of those those tips? One of the things I would love to share, and again, this is whether you are a parent or you're caring for somebody else, One of the things that I had said is really keep in mind the business that you want to build, right? This is nobody else's journey, but yours. And so all the thoughts of like, well, so-and-so does it that way, or I should be doing it that way. That's really rampant in our society. And so, and I talk about this in my book, you really want to get to the core of what you want to create. And it's okay to have big dreams and visions and have no clue how you're going to get there. I still encourage you to dream big and think about, you know, what is it that I really want in five years' time or 10 years' time? What does that look like? And then also be okay with it's not going to happen overnight. You will find a way, truly. Like I think about everything that I've done. I've only had a business since in the last seven years, since having children. That's when I started my community. There are so many things I've accomplished in that seven years but it didn't all happen at once. And so like my first tip is really get clear on what a joyful business or venture feels like for you and then start to think about, you know, what are the most important things? I think I shared this with our mutual friend Camilla in the group. Really think about like what are the most important things that I need to get done today versus like what can wait. And that I would say has become my superpower over the last year. Because there were days where, you know, I'd have, I'd be working 
you know, 30 hour, 40 hour weeks. And then boom, we'd have a day's notice that our kids were at home. And all of a sudden, back in the early days of COVID, we had no childcare, we had no online learning at all. So it was us, 100% on us. And so I literally went from doing, you know, seven or eight hour days to like, holy shit, I could only have three hours today. I want to circle back to something you said in the beginning, because you were moving quickly. And I don't want something that you said that was so important to get lost. So you said the first tip really was to get very clear on your vision. And one thing that I always try and encourage my audience to think about is that you're never going to grow bigger than your dream. It's our jobs to make those dreams super big and almost feel like they're not even quite attainable yet so that you're always reaching for something super big. Because if you dream small, that's going to limit you. So I think that's super important that you share that's the first one. And then I want to just be very clear that tip number two is getting very efficient by eliminating things that probably don't matter anymore. And that is something that I do, and I'm sure you do as well, Leanne, with my team on a weekly basis is we'll sit there and we'll go through their tasks and reevaluate should she still be doing this? Is this important? Why are we making these Pinterest pins? Are we actually getting traffic from Pinterest? Yeah. No, we're not. You know, we're getting it from over here. So like, why are we wasting time creating these pins? So we're always looking at, is everything that all those shoulds that are on our list, are they still shoulds? Totally. And when I say prioritize too, Myself, it's sort of myself and then the two top ladies in my team who make these decisions. And they were actually really looking out for me. In my case, it was them coming to me saying, okay, here's the project that's right in front of us. And here's the project that we've been talking about that's still two or three months away. Let's back burner that and let's focus on the one that's at hand. And so we got very good at saying, you know, what's most important this week? What was right coming down the pipeline versus like, not only like what isn't essential for the team to grow, but like literally what is not happening this week. <laughs> and they, yeah. and they, they're great. They, they really do keep me in check and they look out for my emotional well-being. Their kids are also a little bit older, so they're able to provide that for me. But that perspective is really, really key. And sometimes you have to make those tough decisions and it's not a no forever. It's just a, this isn't important right now. I don't know that my team really reins me in quite that way, but occasionally I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I told you to work on this because this bright, shiny thing, it's great, but it's taking us away from what our first quarter priority is. So for example, I really wanted to put out there a little horse class, which is out there now, but last quarter they were working. I was like, oh, wait, wait, we really have to finish this other thing over here. Let's slow down. It's important also to think about sometimes you do need to slow down in Mm. order to speed up. Yes, totally. And we've experienced that as well, where there's, you know, there's moments where we're like, oh, we could really put out this thing right now and people would respond to it. We'd absolutely make sales. But if we do that, then here's all the other stuff we're not going to be able to have bandwidth for. And I'm a big believer in my word for this year for 2021 was space. I don't know if I shared that with you. No. Tell me why you picked that word. I love word for the year. Mostly because I don't have enough of it right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. I literally said to my husband yesterday morning, both of our like shower slash getting ready time coincided. And I was like, I just want 15 minutes in here with nobody trying to talk to me or touch me. Like, is that so wrong? Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of us are feeling that way. We, yeah. we don't have the space that we normally would in non-pandemic times, but really space for me is more of giving myself the mental space and the calendar space to do that dreaming big, mm. to do those like, you know, really big picture strategizing. One of my favorite things to do. And again, if you are, if you are a mom or a caregiver or a parent, I love this is just baking into your week one hour or two hour blocks. Usually for me, it's like later afternoon walks, right? So it gets you out, which is good. Gets your body moving, which is good for you. Gets you breathing fresh air. It gets you out of the physical space of doing the work. And typically what happens, and I call this, all my clients know, I call this CEO time. Typically what happens in the CEO time is that's when you get your best ideas. It's and true. that's when you get your biggest inspirations and, and things that you want to act on. But when we are so jam-packing our days full of tasks and to-dos and you know, all we're doing is checking things off a list, we have no room for that. We become these sort of servants to our business and our business is running us instead yeah. of the other way around, which I'm a big advocate for. So Yeah, I've had that in the past where I felt like I was the lowest paid person in my company. Like, wait wait, what happened? But really, that's just in my head. It's not even true. It's kind of a lie. By the way, I wanted to make sure you know that I am taking applications for the Artist Incubator Mastermind for 2021. If you're lacking a solid strategy or winning mindset, and you're disappointed with your current art sales, I can help you. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you found these tips helpful, maybe it's time to take the next logical step and work with me on a deeper level. Currently, as of this recording, there are only three spots inside the mastermind. If you're interested in the self-study level, it's more of a group coaching program, not a mastermind. So the self-study level of the artist incubator, there are spots, more than three spots in there, but self-study is closed it will open again on May 20th. So if you're interested in that, I hope you will join me on May 20th. The Artist Incubator program is for professional and emerging artists who want to take their art business to the next level. So if you're ready to invest in your art career and join a dynamic community of artists who are doing the same, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz as in B-I-Z to apply now. Now back to the show. I was going to tease you that you must lock yourself in the bathroom to get space or no? My car, actually. Oh. <laughs> we live in a house in East Toronto and we have a, we're have one car family and I will literally drive to the grocery store and just sit in the parking lot and like listen to a podcast or sometimes it's like I'm creating voice memos to get my ideas out. Sometimes on tough days, it's like I'll go in my car if I have to cry like you know on really tough days and we've had a lot of them in this past year there are just moments where sometimes what you need is an emotional release and i know a lot of people listening can probably relate to this sometimes you feel like you can't just let go because everyone around you is counting on you to keep the ship moving forward and so you know i've had moments where i cried in my car for an hour and then felt so much better after because i at least i was able 
to get it out. And and for for me, I also work with coaches. I've never personally done therapy, but I'm not opposed to that. Like we all need these places where we can have that emotional release. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. And if it's your car, if it's your closet, if it's your bathroom, we've got to make that space for ourselves because no one's going to give it to us, right? Yeah. When was the last time your partner said to you, you know, sweetie, I think what you could really use is a couple days off. Like, has that ever happened to you, Miriam? No, that's why I join Pricey Masterminds and go on the <laughs> retreats and you know, so I can have an excuse to go away. Meanwhile, I really should, it would be a lot cheaper for me not to join a mastermind and just book vacations for myself. Like, why don't I just do that? <laughs> no, I, I really very much enjoy being part of a mastermind. I think it's super important to surround yourself with people who are having similar challenges as you, not just the business challenges, but the personal challenges of keeping everything together and to mm-hmm. feel less alone in all of this. And I also see that in, and I'm sure you do as well, Leanne, in my own communities, like those strong bonds that form between them because it's hard to find people like us. We mm-hmm. don't always remember that because we're always looking at those people. We're looking at the people who are have those businesses who are ahead of us, who are artists who are ahead of us, who are people around us. But then in our communities, in the IRL world, it's like, Mm -hmm. where are those moms who have their own businesses? And that is exactly why I started my community. I don't know if you even know the story, but it was quite by accident. I had two small kids. I had a full-time job. I was not really looking forward to going back to it after basically like, two years off on maternity leaves because that's what you get up here in Canada. We get these nice, Holy delicious cow. maternity leaves. We got, I had one for each kid. My colleagues used to joke that I was on the every other year plan at work because I would be on and then I'd be off with a kid and then I'd be back. And one of the things that happened was as I was heading back to this day job, I realized how little I was just not at all lit up to do it. And I had these little side hustles and these little like projects that were making a bit of money. And I and those lit me up beyond belief. I just posted in a, in a local, God bless Facebook. I just posted in a local Facebook group. It had about 2000 moms from my neighborhood in it, from East Toronto. And I posted and I said, does anyone here have a business and want to get together for a glass of wine and talk about it? And the response was overwhelming. And so within a matter of days, I had like 300 people in my own free Facebook group at the time because they had no one to talk to about this, right? They had the their mom friends who mostly were not self-employed or they had their maybe their entrepreneur friends that didn't have the challenges of being a parent. And so what I found was I was like, whoa, I'm really onto something here because these women, every time we had a, a pub night meetup, it would just be more people and more people. And wow. I thought, okay, I got to figure out how to scale this. You know, and eventually I realized, oh, this is a business right here, this right here. And the the piece that made it really the business for me was the night that I had them all over to my house to learn about sales because that was my background. I came from sales and marketing and these women were amazing, but they didn't have that same knowledge. And a lot of them were very fearful of selling themselves. And so I did a little sales presentation and somewhere in the middle, I was like, oh my God, this is what I was born to do. And that's when I really had the idea of becoming a business coach. So you know, our communities, when we surround ourselves with people like us who have the same dreams and hopes, that's where we start to, again, see our best business opportunities unfold. So those those communities are really, really important. 
So important because in any area where you may be lacking belief in yourself, seeing somebody else who you feel is like you succeed is more powerful than anything, Leanne. You can preach, this will work, this will work, this will work, and I will do the same thing. And it's not until somebody in my program actually does it and everyone else sees, oh, that actually works, yeah, that they really grow in that belief system of what's possible. So it's, again, going back to that idea of you need to dream bigger, surrounding yourselves with people who are taking those actions and having success and also not having success and and learning how to feel okay with that, both of those things together. And knowing that just because not everything works out doesn't make it make you not okay. You touched on something that I think is really important. It's that piece of sharing the real journey, the highs and the lows. And to me, you know, that's one of the things that's the most important when you're trying to balance being a parent, running a business. If you don't have those people that you can talk to about it, who really like, again, yeah, some of them might be ahead of you. Some of them might be not as far along as you in different ways, but it's the ability to just talk about it, right? It's amazing how I'll come to our mastermind thinking, oh, this is what I need today. And I leave having like a totally different nugget of inspiration because of something maybe you said, or maybe our mutual friend Lauren said, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's genius. I'm going to go act on that. So those conversations about the inside, what it's really like, and then also like what I think one of the things that you and I really vibe on is that inner game piece. Yeah. Right. How much of this is really the inner game? And I say it's like 90% inner game stuff. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many times where it's not that I'm trying to hide and act like I'm doing better than I am, but there are things that maybe as you're moving up the ladder, it's more like a spiral as you're moving up and you kind of cycle back to certain problems that you may not realize, oh, wait, you need to work on this again. And that's what's really helpful when other people ask those questions that you may not have either felt brave enough in the moment to be vulnerable to share that that's a problem for you in the moment or that you are blind to it right now mm. in the moment until that person asked it and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is a problem for me as well. So it, it's both the not wanting to tell yourself the truth sometimes, but also not seeing the truth of where you're at, which is why it's so helpful to be in a group where everyone is sharing different aspects that you may not even realize that is a problem for you right now that you need to think about or, or marinate on or talk about. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely when I think about, you know, my handful of business besties, women that have been by my side for a couple of years, that's what those women are really great at with me is they're able to hold up that mirror and say, like, you know, it sounds a little bit like you're dealing with this. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, you know what? I didn't realize that. Or Lauren's really good at this. Again, like our mutual friend, she's really great at seeing, like, I think this might be where you're getting stuck. And so I mean, and this is another strategy just in terms of not even getting more done, but being more effective with the limited time that we all have is self-awareness, cultivating self-awareness, being able to call yourself on your own BS or being able to call yourself up when you realize you might be 
limiting yourself. And one of the most obvious ways I see this, so I work with a lot of women who are on the cusp of quitting a, a day job to start a business or they've just done it. And they usually are mothers of younger kids, you know, ages 10 and younger. So a lot of them will come to me. These are my coaching clients. A lot of them will, will say things like, well, I won't be successful until I'm making in this business how much I made in my old day job. Mm. And I will say to them, but why is that the ceiling for you? They don't even realize that is limiting themselves because maybe they were making, you know, 80K or 100K if they had a great job and they're, and they're doing well. But as you and I know, like that's not the limit of what's possible when right. once you become self-employed. So that's something that I see a lot. And, and once you can be kind of become self-aware of like, oh, I didn't even realize. Another one I see is when women are using their children as an excuse for not being able to be where they want to be. And I caught myself doing that. Yeah. You know, when I was having those darker days, well, of course, so and so is further ahead. She doesn't have kids. Here I am. I'm not going to ever make it like that because I've got little ones. And then I, I realized how terrible for me to say, you know, for them, like, I don't, I would never want to be the reason why someone else. I don't even think that's true. So for your first point, that goes back exactly what I said when you are putting a cap on your own dreams, you're never going to grow bigger than your dream. So you're always going to fall short of that. So you got to make that dream big. But the other thing is I can find so many reasons why I'm more successful in my business because I have kids. Mm -hmm. Just a million things. One of the things we talked about today is becoming super clear about what needs to be done because you have to be like, that is the greatest way to become super efficient right away is to have a kid. And this is true even for <laughs> men who have kids who, you know, become fathers. They, they say the same thing. I, I suddenly got really efficient in my business. Like there was all this stuff I was, I was spinning my wheels on and now I don't do it anymore. Yeah. It's so true how those little munchkins have a way of just really illustrating what's most important in life, eh? <laughs> Yeah. And also tragedy has a way of doing that as well. Unfortunately, there's things in our life that happen that suddenly, oh, wait, now I see what's important yeah. and what's not. When limitations of any kind have been put upon us, we find these strengths and resources we, we didn't even know. So a great example of that would be last year at this time, we muddled through the first few months of COVID with like no plan. Because we thought it was going to end, right? Yes. <laughs> So naive. And we were in our household, we were doing all the things, the over drinking, the overeating, which caused us to be snippy with one another, which, you know, caused us to gain lots of weight. I, yeah, I have my pandemic and, and pants unhappy. now. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that when I finally kind of caught myself and I was like, but, you know, for me, physical fitness is really important. I, I can't really be me if I'm not moving my body every day. So and in minimal ways, I'm certainly not like a some sort of bodybuilder, CrossFit, nothing like that. But I realized, you know, if I could get up at 6.30 and do my 20-minute walk or run before the kids even needed me, which is like breakfast time and all that, you know, then at least I know I'll done, I've done that. So I will tell you, I never got up at 6.30 before COVID. I was not <laughs> interested in that. I, I knew that I'd have the time, but because of COVID and because of the restrictions, I had to make the time. And I think that's what happens a lot of us when we're in these situations where we're caring for others and we need to be on all the time is we just, we find resources within ourselves. We never knew we're there. 
That's so true. So Leanne, you just finished writing a book. Tell us about it. It's called Building a Joyful Business. And it's my very first book ever. I was inspired to write it because of some of the stuff we talked about. And I think some of the ways in which we've all been struggling over the past year, I've tried to write a book multiple times, but COVID and, and the pandemic and you know juggling all this stuff was like, that's, that's the topic is how can we have businesses that are more joyful. And so I poured my heart and soul into it. And I touch on everything from vision to you know working only with dream clients and how I do that to the marketing and the selling. So it, it really is a great piece for anyone who's looking to start a business or even if they've already got a business and they want to be experiencing more joy. And uh, I'm really, I'm really grateful and I'm really hopeful that it's going to change a lot of lives. That's beautiful. Well, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet, but I, and well, I really want to send you a I'm going to send you a free copy. So don't you worry. That's my gift to you. (laughs) Usually when I have authors on, I like to read the book before, but it had come out and I didn't, I knew like with the Canadian shipping, I was like, is it going to get here in time? It's like, I'm not going to be able to read the book. But the cover is so beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the things that I I feel really strongly is if we're going to have a joyful business, let's bake it in. Um, One of our core values in my business is we bake the fun in from day one. And that's everything from our logo and colors to you know how we approach client acquisition, how we engage with our communities, everything. Really, if it's not fun, I'm not interested in doing it as much as possible. And so when the book came out and they were like, we want to make it colorful, I was like, yes. So there's actually, not only is the cover super colorful, but there's actually color within the book as well. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Your artists will love that. I'm going to describe it for those who cannot see it. It has this beautiful, what would you say that it's a coral pink color yeah. on the back. The back cover is coral pink. The front cover, the font, the joyful is in yellow and the word business is in that same coral pink, which is I'm obsessed with that color, by the way. So we want to make sure that you can get the book as well. And Leanne generously is offering 15% off for my listeners. You can go to leannekim.com forward slash book and use the coupon code INSPIRE to get 15% off the book. And we'll have her back for maybe a Facebook Live so we can chat about the book inside the Inspiration Place community, which is my free community. All right, Leanne, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? Oh my goodness. I touch on this in the book. The thing that I really want you to remember is it's not about getting it right every single day. It's just about tenacity. Just getting up, keeping doing it, putting one foot in front of the other is so important, especially on those days where you feel like family has to take priority or you can't be your very best. You know, it's not about being perfect and it's not about being the fastest or the smartest. It's just about doing it. And that's what building a joyful business is all about to me is just to keep showing up and and keep doing the things that you love. I love that. So it's not about succeeding at every single thing that you do. It's about never giving up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Beautiful. All right, my friend, thank you so much for being with me here today. Whether you are a boss mom, baby mom, fur mom, book mom, art mom, whatever kind of mom you are, whatever you are celebrating, just celebrating your own mother. I want to wish everyone here a happy Mother's Day. I will see you the same time, same place next week. Stay inspired. 
Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. 